Are you ready to realize the true potential in your life and help others do the same? Get equipped to create a thriving future with the Secrets of Success podcast. Inspire others to live, lead, and work on purpose. And experience the joy of watching satisfaction and productivity come to life. And now, here's your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Welcome to the Secrets of Success podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Leadership, leadership, leadership. We're talking about it in this series. This is part three of six. And we already established in previous shows that uh, the majority of individuals think that their leaders are not doing a very good job. The stat was is that 70% of individuals through a study through CEREC said that their supervisor was incompetent. So there is an opportunity to improve. And we have interviewed Jim Coos as one of the top leadership experts in the world and the best-selling author of the Leadership Challenge. And then recently interviewed Marsha Goldsmith, one of the number one coaches in the world. And both of them stated, as well as several other research sources, uh, sources, pardon me, but what was one of the number one skills that was missing in these individuals uh, that were really not being effective leaders? And that skill was interpersonal or relationship building skills. Isn't it amazing? that the individuals that are in senior positions actually don't even have the skills to build relationships with others. It is actually quite shocking when you think about it. Now, in the conversation with Marshall Goldsmith, we talked about this a bit, and he said, you know, what got you there won't, what got you here won't get you there. And the point being is my aggressive kind of assertive, putting people down to crawl to the top is not what I need to do if I'm going to be leading others, especially in medium or supervisory or senior leadership positions. So as part of this series on transforming leadership, tra- transforming leadership, our model based on our book, based on the leadership skills inventory, and based on the LSI 360, we are now in the section on interpersonal communication skills. I'm going to spend today's show talking about that, talking about the core 12 skills that we believe are important But previous to that, we talked about the transforming leadership principles, which is your belief systems that you need to really be an effective transforming leadership that you actually need prior to embracing the skills. And the first one was self-management, self-mastery. So if I am going to rock it as a leader, I need to be able to manage self. And I'm not saying that that's easy. I know as a leader that I fail many times. However, how can we develop that skill? How can we be grounded and centered and aware of what we have for skills and what we don't? So in Section 2 of the Leadership Skills Inventory, which is Part 3 of our podcast here, let's just take some time and say, well, what are some of the interpersonal communication skills that we need to consider if we're going to be an effective or transforming leader. So I just want you, as we go through this today, hopefully we're not going to be too long. It'll be a little bit shorter show for you so that you can have your drive or listen to it uh, sort of succinctly, if we may, is to really talk about uh, 12 skills. Now, by the way, these skills are not just developed overnight. It's not something, okay, I went to a seminar, I listened to Ken's podcast, 
and now I'm good. This, these are things that need to be practiced. These are things that need to be developed. These are skills that require commitment to be able to achieve excellence in them. So let's just go through these 12 skills that we talk about in interpersonal communication skills. And the one area that all the leadership experts say is lacking, sorely lacking, in the leadership that we have globally. So number one is the skill is self-disclosure. You know, it's interesting, a lot of times where you can have leaders where you don't even know what they're thinking or feeling or really what they believe uh, about something, you really don't even know who they are. So now, appropriate self-disclosure. We have individuals who are self-disclosing stuff on Facebook where we really don't need that. I mean, it's just too much information. It's not appropriate. And then we have to be, you know, self-disclosure is really around being appropriate in what I am disclosing. And the, what we mean by this is your thoughts, your beliefs, your feelings, and then you are sharing it appropriately with others. There are some leaders that, yeah, they, are, they have <laughs> the ability for self-disclosure, but inappropriate with the, the wrong group, with maybe not doing it in private, maybe it's too much information. And so we need to be able to kind of temper that, but also be aware, you know, do I really re reveal what I believe? Do I really uh, reveal my thoughts, or do I have them hidden and protective and guarded? I know that, you know, my family grew up sort of in Eastern European descent, and so sharing sort of personal financial situations with the family just wasn't done. It just, it's just not something that you would do. And even when I was part of the family business, it was just excluded. You, you are not included in that. So again, it's something that needs to be learned. Uh, the next one from an interpersonal communication skills was image management. You know, how we positively manage the internal images that we create of ourselves in others. A lot of times, we really can hinder our engagement with others about how we see ourselves, our own self-worth, our own sort of perception of other individuals. If you think that person's a loser, then of course that energy is going to come across with those other individuals. How I manage sort of my belief system or my thought process about myself, how I interact with those. If you come with insecurity, then people are going to sense that out. If I come with arrogance, then I'm going to sense that out as well. And so am I really managing my thoughts as I interact with others? So interpersonal communications does require somebody else, but as I'm interacting with you, what, what are my thoughts saying about you? What are my thoughts saying about me in relationship to you? And are we even awake to that? And I would profess that in some cases, myself included, we just are not being aware. We're not being awake. So we have self-disclosure, then image management. The next one is impression management. Now, our language, our dress, our decorum. It was interesting. Now, maybe it's just my value set, and that's possible. But I was uh, watching a Netflix of a very well-known um, motivational speaker. And this was his own event, and I'm not going to say who it was, but man, every second word was foul language. Well, that's just really not something that's acceptable at our, at our company. And so they were saying, well, I'm doing it for impact, and it doesn't bother you. But there is a, a saying in Dale Carnegie 
or in Toastmasters, which I used to be part of uh, many, many uh, years ago, is that when in doubt, don't. So are we even aware of how our language can be offensive or not appropriate for certain individuals or groups and how we conduct ourselves? I remember one individual came to my office, and we talk about dress and decorum, wanting to sell his services to our company. And, you know, he came in flip-flops and shorts and a shirt that was kind of like I just came from Hawaii and wanted us to kind of invest thousands of dollars with this company, with his services. And I'm sorry, it, it took all I could do to continue to stay focused on this individual once they arrived based on just, okay, listen, maybe once you get to know me and I'll invite you over to my place for a barbecue – you really didn't manage your dress to be a professional within the environment that we work in. This, we're not a blue-collar office. We are a professional services office. And can you at least dress smart, casual? I'm not here about being anal retentive with ties or anything like that. But really came in looking unprofessional. Came in just not really uh, looking the part about uh, are you worthy of thousands of dollars per month from us? The other thing that's interesting that uh, we find a lot of times is we have individuals who come in and apply for jobs to us. And I'm just amazed at how many individuals do, who don't own an iron, who are unable to even press their shirts before, before they come see us or comb their hair or whatever the case might be, is that we do, unfortunately, it's just the way society is, is that people will make judgments based on how you look and do you carry yourself? Do you carry yourself professionally? Is it impacting the interpersonal relationships or hindering it based on what you do and you don't do? And are you stepping it up a level? You know, I remember uh, many years ago, another speaker said, you know, I always like to dress at, one, at the same level or one level above the team that I am serving just not to be better than them, but just to really have that level of professionalism. And then if you've built a long-term relationship and you're doing it's more relaxed, then fine, so, so be it. That's not what we're talking about. You know, when we talk about communication skills and interpersonal skills, is there's, a, you know, there's books out that talk about being here now and being in the moment and mindfulness, which we had talked about earlier at another time. But all the counseling information and all the communication information and skills and teaching is, is that, you know, can I actually be here now? So the next skill when we talk about interpersonal communications is around attending. Can I actually control my undivided attention? Now, I am going to admit here that I fail miserably at this at home when I am doing something and then my wife Brenda will have a communication with me I am attending to something else, and then she wants me to attend to you. And so then I'll try to double track. And guys, you know that you're guilty for this. And you know, um, women, you're not excluded from this either, is that we then are staying in track with what we're at, you know, whatever that might be, at the same time trying to kind of interact with them. So if we're going to show respect, if we're going to show value to that relationship, then we need to control my undivided that's a key word, undivided attention to that person, respectfully towards that person. You know, so put that phone down, um, you know, put whatever it is that you're reading down. If you are watching TV, then put it on mute, whatever it is, is so that you can have this undivided attention towards that person. 
There is no such thing, by the way, uh, ladies and gentlemen, of multitasking. We really are or need to uh, pay attention. So first of all, I'm here. The next skill that we talk about in interpersonal communications is observing. You know, am I really paying attention to the clues that that person is doing? And when we say, am I checking my perceptions, avoiding distortions, or I'm avoiding judgments. I mean, one of the things that Marshall talks about in his book, Triggers, that really gets leaders in, in trouble is always trying to be right and, and trying to win. And so that just destroys relationships. So we want to remove our judgments, but am I observing what that person's doing, their body language, uh, the tone of voice, all these clues. And the reality is many times, that we just miss that because we are just not observing. The next skill that we talk about, and we talk about this quite a bit in my book, Why Insure More Like Me, as part of our what we call our style suspension model or our credibility model, and that is the concept of suspending. All of us bring premature advice or judgments or emotions into a conversation. And I've shared this and, and many other times is that Dr. Dr. John Gottman's work around the fact that if I get emotionally ramped up over 100 beats per minute, non, you know, non-athletic, then I am no longer rational. And so I need to bring and suspend my premature advice, my premature judgments, so that I can clearly hear their side, their story, their information without me buying it, biasing it, without me adding an emotional charge to it where I kind of get hooked or upset. And so one of the challenges I want for everybody listening, I want you to think about this. What situations in life do you allow yourself to get offended? I love Dr. David Burns' work on this on feeling good. Is that nobody offends you or you're not offended unless you let them. There is nobody that offends anybody in this planet unless you actually receive the offense. Now, I'm not saying what that person did was okay or that it was appropriate or any of those kinds of things, but you getting hooked, you getting upset is 100% your responsibility. Otherwise, what that means is that I can completely pull your strings, jerk your chain, and set you off. So an example of this, and I use this when we do our certification, our, our three days. Have you ever been into a grocery store where a four-year-old has taken out a mother uh, or maybe a father or a parent, so let's just go that way, and where the parent says to the four-year-old, you know, if you keep acting that way, I'll leave you here. Well, what's happened is, is that the parent has now gotten hooked based on the four-year-old's behavior. So here's a four-year-old. They know that they have you. They know that they've got you. And now you're angry instead of staying grounded and centered, instead of suspending, you now are hooked by this four-year-old. Of course, you're never going to leave them in the grocery store. I mean, but why would you make that threat then? Because you are emotionally connected. And as John Gottman proved in his research, we are no longer rational. We will say and do things that we regret. Have we not I mean, have we not all been guilty of that at some time or another? 
can you think of a time where you didn't suspend, you got hooked, you said something, and then really it was regretful after that? So when we think about uh, relationships, suspending is one of the most difficult things to do where we withhold our emotions. We put it in check. We manage that. And the root word of offend is to be baited from the Greek text. So that means I've been baited in. You took Somebody threw the lure out there, and you took the bait. You took the hook. And now that you're hooked, then that is your responsibility to get unhooked because nobody upsets you unless you let them. I hate that level of accountability, but that is the truth. Probably one of the most important pieces in building interpersonal relationships with anybody is to have this skill of suspending. And if you want to learn more about it, then get my book, Wired More Like Me, and we cover that in more detail. The next one in interpersonal communications is questioning. You know, the, the power of the answer or the quality of the answer is based on the quality of the question. You know, if we ask uh, wimpy, incomplete, how'd I get wimpy? But anyways, we ask questions that are shallow, are not the right questions, then we're not going to get the right answers. So the quality of the answers are based on the quality of the questions. And so that's what you ask. How can we clarify? How can we uh, give feedback to that individual? How can we confirm? All of this is really around asking powerful uh, questions that bring perspective and insight to whatever it is that you are talking about. So that is a skill, again, that we can learn. You know, it's interesting, and I've talked about this before, and sometimes my wife and I play a game with this. We go out socially to different events, meet some new people, or even, uh, you know, interact with other individuals that we've known for some time. And here is what I really have. I want you to go play this game. And just, you will be possibly shocked. But we've gone, I remember going to an event, and so this is a, an educational event, so a university, all kinds of masters and PhD professors in this environment. And what I, my goal was is to see how long I could go through the evening where I just asked the questions and just paid attention to see, did anybody ask me about what I did and who I was? And so my goal here was not to manipulate anything or to be disingenuous. My goal was just to be focused on them. And I wanted to see who had the interpersonal communication skills to ask me the question, so Ken, what is it that you do? Ken, what is the work that you've been? Have you, have, how long have you been in this professional development, et cetera, et cetera? So we were at this event for nearly three hours. Several individuals who had doctorate degrees, as I mentioned, are professors. And guess what? I was able to go through the entire evening without a single person, I mean single, not one, asking me about what I did or who I was. Isn't it amazing on how self-centered we can become? So I'd like you to, here's a game for you. I'd like you to do this where you can go out and I want you to pay attention. I don't want you to talk about yourself at all unless you are asked by somebody. So somebody says, you know what, we just went to Mexico for our honeymoon. What we typically will do is we'll say, well, you know, I went to Mexico for my honeymoon as well. And I said, uh, you know, we stayed in Puerto Vallarta. Where were you staying? I don't want you to do it that way because that is the self-centered way. If somebody said they went to Mexico on the honeymoon, then stay focused on them. I said, well, where'd you stay? 
Oh, great. How was it for you? Did you enjoy it? Have you been there before? Have you been to other parts of Mexico? So stay on that route, whatever that might, um, where that might take you. But don't offer your own story. Don't switch the conversation to yourself. Don't be self-centered. Be centered on them as a questioning and a listening technique. So the next one after questioning is listening because these are really two are connected. Checking for the meanings that other attend. You know, we do it all the time. You know, uh, this is what you said. No, 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 uh, that's not what I meant, but this is what I said. And so we have that all the time where um, we communicate to individuals, we believe that's what the person said, and then we all argue for it. I mean, those of you that have partners, I mean significant others, is it possible in the past that both of you had an, an event, an identical event, because it involved with both of you, and one of you believes this happened, and the other one believes that happened, and they are not the same thing. Happens all the time, right? And so part of this sort of listening and responding is, do we really check that what they said is what they meant or what we understood them as far as what their intent was, or do we go on a different track with that? So listening. And then from there is, and this is probably one of the the major sort of skill areas that many leaders who are distracted, who are really, really busy, what they don't do, and that is what we call responding. That is communicating back accurately the understanding of the feelings, the circumstances, the details of what they just said to you. This is so important in personal relationships. I mean, every sort of counseling model, every uh, coaching model, every relationship sort of communication and relationship building model has where I respond back or I give back what I believe that person to say. So what I understand you to mean, dear, is that you want to do X, Y, Z with this. And when we did that, that was really hurtful in that way. And they will either say yes or no, because if they don't say yes, then we don't understand what they mean. So part of this by feeding back, and by the way, when you do this with staff, this is one of the most honoring things. By feeding back what they said, and then they say yes. And well, why, why am I feeding back? They said yes, so that means I got it. By feeding back what they said, and they say yes, then you have confirmed that you have been a good listener, and that you understand it's the highest level of respect. Again, I'm not saying it's easy, but at the same time, it's one of the steps that the highest level of communications is that where I respond and I communicate back accurately my understanding of the whole dynamics of what's going on, both content as well as feelings, if there are any kind of related to, to that. The next one, when we talk about communication, so that was responding and responding accurately. The next three really are getting into style can affect you know, personal style can affect how people communicate and what some of you will be able to do well and others that you won't be able to do well. Some of you are very, very good at attending. Others are not. Some of you are very good at observing. Others are not. Some are better at suspending certain things where others are not. So these last three are really around us taking responsibility to communicate honestly and completely. So number, uh, the next one is around assertiveness, speaking uh, honestly and kindly. You know, I remember having a, a staff member come in with working with CRG, 
and I checked one. I said, now, you know, how is the role, how is the job going? So it's going great. It was two days later that she gave her notice. So, well, how honest was that? And she wasn't with us for very long, and it was one of those situations where some things had changed with her personally. She also really was filtering through um, some issues on her end, uh, personally in terms of travel and her husband moving, which came up very, very quickly after we hired her. But how um, disingenuous was that when I asked her, how's it going? Oh, it's going going great. And then really not having the honesty, not having the assertiveness, not having the fortitude to really call it the way it is. So, and that is without avoiding put-downs, without blaming others. So how can I be honest? How can I be assertive? How can I be truthful in uh, my content and be appropriately truthful? So if there's some things that need to be confidential and it's not to be said in front of a group or shouldn't be said in front of a group, then take the appropriate steps. But I don't know how many times that I have coached individuals where they complain about a situation at the office. They complain about a manager. And I said, well, when have you talked to them about that? And they said, well, never. Well, why not? Well, I, you know, I, I, I just don't want to. Now, if, how the manager responds to your assertiveness, that's a different issue. Meaning, well, they, you know, they didn't do anything. They didn't respond. They didn't listen. They, they just ignored my comments. That, that is not, that is something different. But the fact that you didn't say anything when you had a concern, the fact that you weren't forthcoming about how you really feel about it, that is your responsibility. And so people can only go, I mean, we, you could pretend that we're mind readers and there are some nonverbal cues that we can pick up, pick up on. But after that, we can only guess where those nonverbal cues come from. You're upset, aren't you? Well, I'm just, I'm, I'm trolling. I'm trying to find out, are you upset or not, based on your body language. <clears throat> but I can't confirm that unless you say, no, no, I'm not upset. I, I've just, you know, I ate something and my stomach is just not 100% and I'm just kind of feeling withdrawn right now. Oh, okay, so I got it wrong. So we know a lot of times that this occurs, this happens. The next one that comes out of this was really around, so assertiveness, but confrontation. So when we have interpersonal communications, there is my honesty, but are we being honest about other people's behaviors? So if I'm to give feedback, if I'm going to encourage somebody else, and I'm not talking about criticism, but really constructive feedback or advice or direction, is that, oh, you're doing great. And then you walk away and say, man, I can't wait to fire that person. Well, that's not being a leader that has interpersonal skills. Now, the flip side is that if I'm doing confrontation and I'm attacking the personhood, you know, you're a jerk or, or whatever, rather than saying, you know what, when you come in, you're not completing all the detailed requirements of submitting that PO or that loading uh, doc uh, checklist or the pilot checklist or whatever it is, is that we want to be able to challenge people around their behaviors and what they're doing and what they're not doing to uh, say, well, you don't care. Well, that's a judgment towards the individual. And so in personal relationships, a lot of times we get in and we can confront other people's behavior and we need to do it. But at the same time, we don't want to do it by attacking the person. We want to be specific around the 
skill sets, what they've done or what they've not done. Again, we've talked about the sin of, of omission as part of that. And then finally, the 12th skill from an interpersonal communications or interpersonal relationship point of view or skill is challenging. You know, we can confront people, but then the next one, can we challenge and help others to not only see their strengths, but also see the gaps that they can look at to kind of go to the next level. So one is this honesty of self, and then the next one is really confrontation, which is honesty about how I feel about your behavior. But the third level out of that, which is challenging, is how can I actually take you to the next level? Do we even do it? Do we even say to the individuals, you know what, if Ken, if you were to pay attention to this, I believe that you would be able to go to this level or you could do this item. Now, when we do the leadership skills inventory to the leadership uh, 360, we get other people to fill this out on, my, on, on the leaders to give them feedback about how do I experience you with, in relationship to these skills. And, and you know, many, many leaders are... Um, rate themselves higher and then the other people rate themselves lower. But here what we've also found is that leaders will rate themselves low when in fact their peers will rate them high. So we have both sides on that where some of us don't actually acknowledge the skill set that we bring, which is pretty good. And there's other individuals who are completely out of touch with how inept they are as far as relational or interpersonal skills. So just as a quick reminder, here are the ones that we talked about today. You can go back to the podcast, listen to it again. They are listed out in the Transforming Leadership book. They're also part of the assessment, the leadership skills self. And so we have several coaches who use this as part of a coaching methodology when they are coaching leaders as a framework, as a grid work. And they really give them structure and they give them focus to be able to develop these. And these are... These might be generic, but they are also foundational. <laughs> There's no leadership position that doesn't require this. They, they all do. And so and that's been verified by the research since we developed, or Dr. Terry Anderson developed this model many, many years ago and then subsequently installed it in many, many organizations. So self-disclosure, do you really reveal what your thoughts and beliefs are? Image management as far as your thought process of self and others. Impression management, how do you carry yourself? How do you conduct yourself? Your language, how you speak, you know, your dress, your decorum. Attending, do you actually undivided attention to the relationships and that individual is so the level of respect? Then are you observing the, the clues, the mannerisms of the individual across from you? Are you suspending and withholding your negative emotions or any kind of premature advice or judgment? Do you use questioning? Do you have questioning skills to be able to clarify? Do you listen and check the meaning that other intend? Do you respond back with that understanding as part of that pa package? Are you assertive in speaking honestly about uh, yourself and what you mean in that situation or what you are feeling about that situation? Do you confront others and are able to give them feedback and advice about what they're doing or not doing? And then finally, are you able to challenge other individuals to go to the next level? Says, so, you know what, Ken, if you really paid attention there and you really weren't distracted, we'd, we'd be able to build our relationship. But one of the things here is that, you know, I, I know that you would like to have a better relationship with me, but I need you to attend. I need you to put down your other things. I need you to stop multitasking, and I believe that you can do it. And so when we think about leadership, 
and it was just interesting as I started the show and just, um, you know, I'm blessed with having uh, colleagues like Jim Cousins or Marshall Goldsmith or other individuals, uh, you know, Dr. Terry Anderson or Dr. Mitch Javidi, others like that who are expert in the leadership field to say that, you know, one of the core pieces that is foundational to any success in life, especially in leadership, is around interpersonal or relational skills. These are non-negotiable. These are foundational for all of us. You know, it doesn't matter who you are. We need it. So I just encourage that you would pay attention to those, that you would look into it a little bit further. You would review it. You would, you know, play that game where you go with uh, into a situation and don't share anything of yourself unless people ask you, and then continue to ask questions and see how good. Uh, people have as far as their skills to have social skills. You might be shocked or maybe even uh, presently surprised in your group, in your area. You know, we always thank you for listening to our podcast. We're going to continue this series with uh, other parts, and we're going to be covering in the subsequent ones where we're going to talk about coaching and coaching skills in the next podcast. And then after that, we're going to talk about team skills And then we're also going to talk about advanced versatility and organizational development skills. And if you you happen to miss the first couple of podcasts on this series, then go back to Transforming Leadership Principles and this podcast on self-management or self-mastery. You know, we thank you for listening to the Secrets of Success podcast. You know, if you like what you're hearing, if this is helpful for you, then we just encourage that you would share it, that you would pass it on that you would also give us some ideas of what is some content that you would appreciate having. You know, get this onto Facebook, get into LinkedIn, do your Instagram, whatever it is, your Twitter account, and we very much appreciate that. You know, thank you for listening to the Secrets of Success podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keith. Thanks for exploring the secrets of success with us. If you want to keep the momentum going, log on to crgleader.com, scroll to the bottom and sign up for our inspirational emails. You can also take your success to the next level by following us on Facebook and Twitter and connecting with Ken on LinkedIn. We hope you have a great week and look forward to you joining us next time for the Secrets of Success podcast with Dr. Ken Keyes.